0: As a therapeutically informed yoga instructor, I make a point up front that I'm gonna encourage lots and lots of communication throughout the practice because you wanna be continually checking in with your partner to see like, is this okay? How does this feel? Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? And having that conversation yields so many benefits because for one, you're getting to know not just your own body, but you're getting to know your partner's body better.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to this episode on Partner Yoga. Yep, that's right. I have a conversation with Jen Sluder. She is a certified yoga therapist as well as a qualified mental health professional. And she specializes in mind-body approaches to improving mental health and physical well-being. You can learn more about Jen in the show notes at jensluder.com. And I wanted to do this podcast. It's a kind of an unusual topic to do around relationships. But I want to give everybody different ways to be able to connect. And this is a wonderful way to connect. Jen and I talk about the benefits of doing yoga together. And not just side by side in the same room, but actually doing some poses together. Where you're leaning on each other you have to communicate. A lot of things can come up with that. The ability to support one another, to actually feel your relationship foundation, the sturdiness of it, the shakiness of it, to have fun with it. So I thought it was an insightful conversation that we had to give people an idea how beneficial doing partner yoga can be for your relationship. All right. So here we go. Partner yoga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Hey, Jen, thank you so much for wanting to do this conversation with me because it's a unique one and you got the specialty in it. So thank you.
0: Thanks for having me, Prepo.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, people are going to be interested in this and, and around partner yoga and how it can positively affect uh, relationships. And how long have you been doing yoga, teaching yoga, yoga therapy? How long has that been for you?
0: About seven years now. I have a master's in psychology and I worked for many years on the front lines working with at-risk teens And I I was struggling with my own mental health in that kind of setting. I was a crisis first responder, so my my sleep was inconsistent. And uh, a friend suggested that I try therapeutic yoga. I'd done meditation for many years. I gave it a shot and I was really blown away at having what for me was probably my first true experience of really connecting with my body. And I was so impressed Uh, With that experience that I got certified to teach so that I could share the practice with the kids that I was working with. That school that I was teaching and working with ended up shutting down. I was in between jobs. I was asked, did I want to teach a yoga class? And I thought, well... I guess I could give it a try. I never really aspired to be a yoga teacher, but the rest is history. And now this is what I do full time. I still feel like I'm working in the mental health field, but uh, certainly using tools that I feel are are very important for us culturally and in modern society. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic, and. Couples yoga or partner yoga. I mean, we can explain it, and I'd love for you to explain it a little bit to people. There are people that know what yoga is, and it's just not doing yoga with a partner. It's not side by side doing the same things. It's actual interaction, and I think like that's that's what I'm I'm really curious about to understand how that interactive poses creates more trust, uh, bonding. How it supports the couples system, uh, support system. So um, are people, how in your experience, are there a lot of people doing more couples yoga together?
0: Well, I think in general, there are a lot, there are more and more people who are practicing yoga. And I think that out of that, couples yoga is also becoming more popular and I, I think that that partner's yoga underneath that umbrella, you can have practicing yoga side by side. But then, like you said, the interactive form of yoga yields its own specific benefits.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you have people that are in not in platonic relationships doing partner yoga, friends or family members, as opposed to couples that are in romantic relationships?
0: Absolutely. I, I think I really see yoga uh, and mind-body practice as a vehicle for intimacy and relationship you know with your body, with each other, with the natural world. And so the same value that you could get out of practicing with a romantic partner, you could certainly get in a different way in a relationship with a friend or even a family member. I love having family members come to a partner yoga session.
1: Can you explain how that can foster more trust? I mean, I, just even the the metaphor, you know, when I'm leaning on my partner, whether it's emotional leaning and she comes through, I, I have trust. Now I'm imagining that there's this metaphor with the physical aspect, leaning on each other, needing to kind of melt and sink in. It fosters a certain level of trust and vulnerability. You have to let go certain communication styles. What, what, what have you seen or experienced or, or gotten feedback from people in regards to the physical part of using their body to, to support each other?
0: Absolutely. One thing that I really value about yoga as a practice is how literal it is and practical it is. And so like you're saying, it's very embodied. If you want to feel more grounded, you focus on just actually feeling your body's contact with the ground. Um, When you're doing partner yoga, um, there is a need for both people to arrive in the practice together in order to both receive mutual benefits from it, being able to relax together, being able to take joy from giving somebody else joy and stress relief. And then there's also just the overall atmosphere of any mind-body practice. I think that sometimes this is something that gets lost, oftentimes, especially in popular cultures, that... The atmosphere of mind body practice is one of healing and it's one of befriending. Mm. Um, And so, automatically, if that's your kind of ground of practice, that's what you're entering into, everybody's going to feel a little safer and more at ease and more able to actually do the poses together when they feel that the overall atmosphere here is one of welcome, um, one of being able to honor limitations one of of continuing to get consent, uh, both for physical Ooh, yeah. and emotional aspects of the practice. Yeah, I think that that's a really big part of it. And a, a common theme that I see when I lead partner practices, of course, is that usually there's at least one couple in the room uh, that with some competition going on. And it may not be coming from both people usually it's actually coming from one uh individual in the partnership um and the sense of safety gets lost really quickly Hmm. when it comes to competition because there's either an a, a blatant or a subtle aggressiveness and atmosphere of judgment going on that makes the other person feel a little embarrassed a little insecure a little like not having permission really to be in their body and to be with their own limitations so i think there is so much to learn in terms of you know developing awareness around your habits whenever you practice together what comes up for you And of course, with with any kind of mind-body practice, awareness is a big component of that. We can not judge what we see, but just see what's there and even have an opportunity after the practice to do a little bit of debriefing about that.
1: Yeah, there's so much there. You know, I imagine that even you might be able to tell what a couple's dynamic is, even when they're just posing. You know, like you're saying, the competition uh, that can show up just in the partner yoga. Probably how that shows up in their relationship. If one person is more dominant in the relationship, how that shows up in the in the partner yoga practice. I'm imagining that that you can do a whole analysis without anybody talking to see just how they're interacting when they're doing their poses. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super obvious yeah. very quickly. Yeah.
1: And I imagine that the, their shit comes up even when they're doing it. Like if there is a part where, you know, maybe one starts leaning in and becoming more dominant or doesn't feel that the other one is supporting them in some way. I'm imagining how they interact in that, whether they flow into it or whether they are hard with each other or not yielding. I'm also curious with with partner yoga. I'm imagining that there can be verbal exchange. Is that true? Like you can tell.
0: I encourage lots of verbal exchange Mm -hmm. in partner yoga. I think that that is fundamental. When you're practicing yoga with your own body, then your job is to deeply listen to what's happening in your own body and to pay attention to how you're moving into poses and what your own intention is i see a lot of people practicing individual yoga being aggressive with their bodies in the same way that i see that happen between couples in a practice and so you know in the interest of safety particularly as a therapeutically informed yoga instructor i make a point up front that i'm going to encourage lots and lots of communication throughout the practice because you want to be continually checking in with your partner to see like is this okay? How does this feel? Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? And having that conversation yields so many benefits because for one, you're getting to know not just your own body, but you're getting to know your partner's body better. And there's just thinking about in terms of like consent. I used to work a lot in in youth camps and they had like proper sex ed programs, which is great because mm-hmm. they talked a lot about consent. And I think that a lot of people view consent as something that's like not very sexy. Mm. Um, but I think that there is nothing more sexy than somebody asking you if this is okay and like looking after your emotional safety and your physical safety.
1: When you just spoke the last two minutes, I thought that if if we just cut it and not talked about partner yoga, we could be talking about partner sex lives, you know, the aspect of communicating, asking permission to touch does this feel good what position would feel more comfortable couples don't even talk about that in their sex life and i'm because of shame or they're just not conditioned to do it and so forth and it just came to me of how the partner yoga practice can be such a safe environment for people to start talking about their needs their wants especially around touch and leaning in physical weight and uh how that can then transfer into uh, their sexual life and have more communication.
0: That's exactly right. You know, with yoga practice, we are welcoming everything that comes up during the practice. So some people think of yoga as like a bliss trip, but actually we are paying more attention to our suffering, both physical and emotional, but we're also exploring what it's like to feel something pleasurable and pleasant in our body so that it's not all suffering in the body. And I think for myself as somebody with a history of anxiety disorders and, you know, which were exacerbated when I was working in the front lines of mental health, it was helpful for me to learn how to create pleasant feelings in my body, like that my body could be a place that's not just like this horror show of discomfort. And so that translates into couples yoga as a way of learning about how to create pleasurable sensations in the body, which are not just due to physical interaction, but also that sense of emotional safety is a big part of how our pleasure centers and our brains function. And so even just doing a practice together of focused breathing and relaxation uh, is creating that sense of, um, of pleasure, relaxation in the body together. And I could go, I could talk for a whole hour on the benefits of just learning how to relax better and having an actual tool that you can use to help your partner whenever they're suffering. Like, why don't we do some breathing together? Or why don't we sit down and do some stretching together? And then you have this like tangible way to actually help to relieve suffering for your partner. Um, But furthermore, you have this tangible way to explore safety and pleasure and communication.
1: Yeah, well, it's just so much is coming to me of just even the part when couples ask me, okay, how do we reconnect when we have a conflict? And a lot of times I tell them, You know don't just start up with talking about the conflict that you ended with go for a walk you know go move go with each other hold hands and now i'm just thinking how powerful this could be for couples to come back after they had a disagreement and breathe with each other lean on each other maybe just even back to back so that there's not that vulnerability of looking at each other but first feeling each other to create some sense of connection and safety in order for them to then communicate about whatever the story is or what the content that they want to communicate about. So it's just coming to me of how this is such a great warm-up to deeper communication or a prerequisite to start up to come into a communication style that might be difficult for for people to do and so that they're more connected.
0: That's that's exactly right. I mean, in mind-body practice, we are creating some space so that we're leading not with the mind and emotions like we tend to do culturally, but we're leading with the body and the breath so that we have a little bit more spaciousness in our thoughts and a little bit more spaciousness in our feelings and that gives us an opportunity. It gives us a leverage in order to come back, like you said, um, in a situation of conflict and feel just a little bit more relaxed, maybe even a little bit more like levity. Um, so that's easier to talk about things that are hard to talk about. I like how Thich Han talks about how mind-body practice is about bringing one energy up through your practice in order to meet the energy that's already there so if the energy that's there already is like one of anger or anxiety or fearfulness or loneliness then we can utilize our practice whether it's individual yoga or partner yoga as a way to invite an energy of care and an energy of listening and relaxation and supporting one another and then once we can bring those two energies together to meet one another there's just a little bit more space
1: I Just love that. You know, there's so much to even what you said about listening, because I know when I'm doing a yoga practice, I need to listen to my body, you know, not the creaks and the pops and the noises, but like listening to how much does it want to move here? Like, is is this a good point to stay? Do I need to breathe here? Like I'm tuning in and just that thought of being able to do that together with a partner how again positive that can be in connecting to tune in to listen to each other in a non-verbal way then how that can carry over into into communication just like um how it can you know couples hold when we hold tension in our body and it comes out tense or defensiveness in our communication if we're practicing partner yoga together and helping decrease the tension in our body i would imagine then it decreases the tension interpersonally between the people
0: that's exactly right i mean i notice body language so much more now as a yoga therapist and you can see how tension in people's minds and hearts is reflected in the tension that they hold in their body people come into a yoga practice and they may have all kinds of adverse circumstances going on in their life at the end of the class, nothing has changed in their life circumstances, but they feel better. They feel more relaxed and they feel like maybe they have some new ideas about how to approach the situation. I think it's, a, it's just a matter. It's like a balance between rigidity and openness mm-hmm. when we get really caught. And that mental energy and that emotional energy, and it becomes so concretized that it's like a wall. Nothing's going to break through that. And we've really lost our ability to be receptive or to be interactive with another person. And I think that yoga is such a practical, tangible, just very embodied tool to help us to literally loosen up that a little bit like loosen up that heart and mind space a little bit so that we feel more receptive but also so that we feel safer there's kind of we're establishing a context of safety rather than aggressiveness
1: i would imagine that in the realm in the world of yoga there's more women that do yoga than men is that correct
0: yeah that's absolutely correct right
1: so i think for most men we have this concept of A woman's going to be better at it. I'm not so flexible. I have shame around that flexibility. I don't want to come in being lesser than or she's going to teach me. She's been going to her yoga classes for years and now I'm going to just come in and I'm going to find this imbalance. And I'm wondering how you might play with that. How do you coach couples through the aspect of doing this jointly together and it's not about one teaching the other one but it's about creating their own, like you said, container, the safe container for both of you to be where you're at. Because I know when I am understood my practice is that I'm not competing with anybody. I'm not, I'm not even competing with myself. It's I'm, I want to have a relationship with myself. I don't have to do a pose that's better than yesterday, even though maybe that's something I'm striving for. I need to check in where I'm at in my relationship. How do you work with couples that maybe one feels the other one is superior at doing this?
0: That's a really great question. I think that one of my greatest joys and kind of first priorities as a therapeutic yoga instructor is helping people to have a positive first experience with yoga. Hmm. And oftentimes when I've led partner yoga in the past, most of the people in the room who are having their very first experience is the men in the room. It's not always the case, but but often, but more often than not, it is. And so it's exciting for me to be able to give people an experience of yoga that is not about flexibility. It's not about you know, I think of it as like baseball card yoga where you're like trying to connect you're like collecting all the poses that you can possibly do. <laughs> um, and instead, kind of being able to loosen up people's idea of yoga being something that you're either good at or that you're not good at, but that yoga, all yoga is, is a practice of coming into a healing relationship with yourself and with others. Fundamentally, if you can breathe, you're good at yoga.
1: Can you say that? I love that phrase, if you breathe.
0: If you can breathe, you're good at yoga.
1: What permission, I love that, I love that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, and I think that there's definitely a dynamic where I've seen women get frustrated with their partner's flexibility and things like that. But that's all grist for the mill. I yeah. mean, that, that's gonna show up in all kinds of ways in the relationship dynamic, both in the sense of inferiority that the guy feels and the sense mm. of the superiority that the the woman feels. So I just see that as grist for the mill. Mm. Yeah,
1: I'm also just even thinking about how Beneficial this could be when there's a a deep trust that's broken, like a betrayal, Uh, whether it's infidelity. I know that there's a real challenge for people to come back in their physical and sexual relationships and how this could be such a nice bridge and transformation to start trusting each other in in another way, trusting each other's bodies in a non-sexual way, but also trusting that part. That we talked about earlier around support or leaning in and, you know, maybe even, I'm not saying to play it out, but I'm imagining that some of the issues are even played out in the maybe resistance to do certain poses and leaning on. And I, I know that I did, um, a workshop, at esalen uh, many years ago with my son he was 16 and we did a father father son workshop there was about 20 fathers and, and sons and one of the things that we did outside was this physical you know the kind of tai chi the pull push pull and it was such a wonderful thing to do with my son that here is his father that you know has been predominantly more physically strong than him all these years and maybe dominant in some ways of, of pulling him along in his life or or whatever that is, but to create some equality to allow him to come towards me, to me to yield to him, and then mm-hmm. to him to receive me. It was it was a a, a transformational process for us, just even though we, we were closest in our relationship, just doing that, how transformational it was. And I thought, wow how How wonderful this could be for couples that they're to just even do something as simple as that.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that story about you and your son. I can't think of another practical tool other than yoga for having a physical interaction that is about developing emotional safety and uh, you know, working through something like fidelity. I think lends itself well to being able to have some kind of a physical experiment that is experience, well, and experiment that is <laughs> that is grounded in in establishing, cultivating, emotional safety, and then also recognizing when there's not a feeling of emotional safety there. Right,
1: And that's the part of also communicating and consent of like, if there isn't, is there a way for us to communicate that, what would be You know, even I'm imagining that in certain poses, one needs to say, "Can you hold up a little bit? That feels too too much, too much weight." And and one of my favorite poses for myself is the tree pose. I just love doing the tree because it it just grounds me. I know if I have a good tree pose day, I'm going to kind of have a good grounded day. Can you do that pose together? A tree pose together for for grounding us together as a couple?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, balance poses as a couple are really interesting because there's this kind of paradoxical dynamic of supporting one another. So as soon as you are interacting with somebody with a balance pose, it it can become so much easier um because the other person becomes like an anchor but then there's the uh, the other side of it which is that if one person is feeling a little unsteady that day uh-huh. um then that's going to throw you off a little bit but you know where that's that comes in yeah. which is which is one thing I think that we haven't touched on so far is just that the laughter mm. and the joy and the delight which for me is kind of front and center anytime I lead a partner yoga class like I'm you know most yoga classes I'm used to being kind of Quiet and somber and internal, but partner yoga classes can be a riot. I so mean, there's not usually it
1: seriously all- at all. Right? Tell people not to take <laughs> this so serious. To have fun.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a problem solving component like with balance poses or like you were talking about with like trust poses. There's some poses that you can do together where you're like linking arms and doing a chair pose. So each person has to give equal weight in order for the pose to succeed. And so there's, you know, uh, there's a trust component of that. Certainly there's a problem solving component. And then there's also just like the laughter and delight of when you just can't get it right <laughs> or when somebody's a little off balance, like it can just be a source of laughter and joy. I like to tell my students all the time that like the foundation of balance practice is self-kindness mm. as soon as you start being hard on yourself or in, you a partner yoga situation as soon as there's that feeling of judgment then your partner is going to be feel off balance they're not going to be able to balance well um, right. because it's so deeply psychological the, the physical and the psychological are just so deeply intertwined
1: gosh what's coming to me and maybe they already have this but just the creativity of where well, they had a you know kind of like speed dating you know uh where you sit across from somebody and you have you know Two minutes or three minutes to share each other. Uh, is there anything like, yeah, yoga dating where you're <laughs> actually, you know, I would imagine it's like, wow, you know, 15 minutes in, in the session with this person, I really connect with them in these poses and the way that we're interacting. This person, not so much. I wonder if that's kind of like a, you know, uh, precludes a little bit of hmm. I wonder how we would connect if if we were dating in a different scenario. Has, has that ever been? Have you do you know if that's even out there?
0: I, I've never heard of that, but that uh, might be a million dollar idea. I like okay. it.
1: We'll go together on that. All right. <laughs> all right. I get ten percent on it. Right. I'm also curious about when I tell couples to how intimate it is to have uh, open eyed sex. You know, uh, you know that that vulnerability to be able to really see somebody. And and uh, I told stories in the past in my podcast how that's was so important to me to find a partner that I can be met with looking at them deep in the eyes and that they just wouldn't turn away, that they would really meet me. I'm imagining there's some poses where you can look in each other's eyes that are extremely powerful. And this can shift probably even a perspective of the world and your partner. Have, have you experienced people doing that or experiencing the challenge of, of looking at each other in their eyes when they're posing?
0: Yeah. I usually begin the practice um, with with the partners facing each other, doing a breathing practice for relaxation, and then doing a practice that I call being with, which is like gazing into each other's eyes for what often feels like an uncomfortable period of time. Um, and I think that yoga can inform that experience very well because I think that when people feel that temptation to look away, whether it's um, in a yoga practice or during you know an open-eyed sex experience like you're describing, what happens is a tension that rises up in the body. like something you know the, that sense of vulnerability or insecurity is a kind of tension. Mm. And so for you to be able to breathe in discomfort, as one of the the major teachings of a yoga practice. Mm. Um, and that definitely, I I like to integrate that into the practice so that we're kind of exploring the edge of, of intimacy mm. and also the discomfort around that edge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up for me too is around, as you're saying, it's so powerful what you just spoke about, the, the discomfort around the edges. I'm thinking about Maybe one or both partners that maybe have a physical challenge, whether they're sick or or physically, part of their body, is not working the way that they want. How the other partner could have more compassion or even that support in doing poses together that perhaps in their day to day life they're not, uh, they don't feel as equal or compassionate with each other. One's maybe nursing the other one, or they feel the other one is doesn't have the capacity to keep up with them in certain areas. I'm just wondering how certain poses or entering even in, like you're saying, just breathing with each other and leaning on each other can bring more compassion for people that are challenged physically in their relationship.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, two things come to mind for me with that question. And one is that part of, of welcoming people for me into their first experience of yoga or maybe their first positive experience of yoga is in helping them to understand that part of the practice is not only noticing your limitations but um, accepting them with loving compassion and even honoring limitation as a part of life Hmm. Um, and, and as a part of caring and looking after your body and your mind. And so um, oftentimes in a, in a partner yoga workshop, I mean, especially with the dynamic between, like you were saying, oftentimes women have been practicing longer than the men. And so there's a little bit more stiffness on the part of the men. Um, but, but even with women, you know, everybody's bodies are different and some people are going to be flexible in one way where the other person isn't. And the willingness to be compassionate and, again, communicative about limitations is a language of compassion. And as soon as there's this, you know, frustration over your partner's limitation, well, that's aggression. And then being able to notice that and being able to try to contact a sense of compassion um, for for your partner's limitation and and allowing and accepting and even having a lightheartedness about it is important. Um, and then the second part of that um, that you touched on that I think is really um, for me, you know I'm in a relationship with somebody for the very first time in my life who's a meditator and, and a yoga practitioner and I'm able to do a practice with. and we actually caught, Coronavirus really early on, like we we started showing symptoms the week that everything was shutting down and people were just starting to wrap their head around wearing masks. Um, and I was just incredibly sick with it for months. Mm. I, w- I was almost what you would call a long hauler, but at this point, there are people who have, are hauling much longer. Um, and he and he got better a lot faster. And you know, I think about the day that we had to go to the emergency room. And it was very frightening. I had to go in by myself and I didn't know if I was going to come out alive. And then, you know, when he picked me up at the end of the day, when we got home into bed, we did a breathing practice together. Um, and, you know, that that is partner yoga. Um, mm. Just being able to sit and do a breathing or we were actually we did a lying down breathing practice, a belly breathing practice together. And it was a way for Um, Like you're talking about with the person who is kind of the the caregiver who's giving a little bit more uh, physically and emotionally for a partner who is wounded or sick. It was a way for him to help to restore himself because he's still recovering from the sickness and having to like run me around to the ER and be really concerned for my well-being. And he was totally, you know, wiped out. And then for me, being in a place where I feel really sick and lonely and scared, um, we're both going to benefit out of that practice together. I, a friend of mine asked this question recently, just a rhetorical question, which I thought was beautiful. Um, he said his wife is um, having a knee replacement and um, they're in their their late 70s um, and he's really concerned about her having the surgery and recovering from the surgery and his question was what is the medicine that i take for the pain that i have seeing somebody i love suffering Mm -hmm. and you know i don't want to answer that because i think it's such a beautiful question i think that we can all explore that but i think that Partner yoga actually offers us a a possible tool because like I was saying, it's a practice that can be done together. It doesn't have to be physically vigorous. It can be just breathing together, looking into each other's eyes, and we're both benefiting from it, both the, the caregiver and the person that's being cared for.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. So it's it's coming with like no expectations, not having to strive, but just really being present. And there's some small things that we can do together just for that connection. As you're saying, people just starting off, just breathing together, even if it's just, you know, not even touching, but breathing together. And then the next aspect, whether they're back to back or like you said, uh, a head on somebody's stomach, there's so many things that we can do that is that yoga together.
0: Yeah. And it's that, you know, that physical thing that can be done. That's not you trying to fix it for them, which I think is such a big thing that gets in the way of relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's having a rough time, they feel sick, or they're just something really triggering happened that day, or they're struggling. and, And the temptation for the other person, you know, is to try to to want to fix it and and oftentimes the other person feels that as a judgment and an inability to just be witnessed as they are and to kind of hold space for them emotionally and a practice like couples yoga um, you know or even just like family yoga or, or yoga with a friend can give you an opportunity to have you know, a communicative experience, but also a nonverbal experience together where you're supporting that person through their suffering, you're holding space for them, but you're not coming from like a mental space of like, how do I give you advice or try to fix this for you?
1: Mm. That's wonderful. Do you have any offerings for people of just starting off, you know, maybe that they want to explore this, ways that they can do this, first steps?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Of course, almost everything that I'm offering at this time is through Zoom, just for everybody's safety. So I do weekly Zoom classes. Um, I do some outdoor stuff uh, through the Arboretum. Right now, it's a little too chilly for yoga. You know, it's hard to stretch out your muscles when you're bracing yourself against the cold. But I'm doing some uh, Qigong and walking uh, meditation practices at the Arboretum. And I also work with people... Uh, one-on-one through Zoom and could even work with like a couple who was interested in doing partner yoga one-on-one over Zoom.
1: I'm just thinking it's such a prime time for people. I know that people are spending more time inside, whether it's because of what's happening in our world with COVID, but also it's winter time. And this is just a wonderful practice when people say, well, what do we do with each other? What what can we do? This, I'm just thinking about it. Um, why my wife and I, we haven't done more of this. We we met in a theater improv workshop at Esalen. So it was a physical, mm. um, it started off with movement to sound to a story. So we actually started off in getting to know each other through this workshop. And so it was very physical and bodily. And um, we did a lot of various movements together of mimicry that helped us you know understand and bond and so we started off a foundation physically with understanding each other's bodies in that way and I'm just gonna, gonna go home and say to her like yeah we need to we need to take it to another level with doing more of this partner yoga stuff babe.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely
1: mm-hmm. right. Well, do you want to leave us all with anything that we didn't cover that you want people to know about uh this practice and how it can benefit.
0: I feel like we did a good job of covering we all of the things that I would want to cover and mm-hmm. more.
1: Yeah, I think we did. It's a it's a wonderful uh, exploration. So thank you so much, Jen, for you know your your talent, your expertise, you know your skill with your your own therapeutic background of understanding how beneficial this is. So you're doing really great work for people. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for wanting to come on and and have this, it's a unique conversation that on a relationship podcast, I don't think it, that's uh, on on many people's uh, list to listen to, but I hope people got a lot right out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Prepo. This has been fun.
1: Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. I hope you got some good things out of this. Hope it stretched you in your thinking. <laughs> And that you give it a go. And I would love that if you do try this and that you have some feedback of how it is in your relationship, contact me at my website, prepo.com. I would love to hear your stories about the experience that you have trying it out. And I want to get in my appreciation practice. Have a couple people that recently donated to my podcast. I'd like to thank Aaron in san francisco and georgia in australia thank you so much along with my monthly donors it is a great help to bring this out to all of you in the professional manner that it's done by my production team which i also want to thank out because i haven't done this in a while thank you so much iris you are a wizard iris makes me sound wonderful and dawn and her team evan and Celine, who puts out great show notes for all of you to be able to understand and take a glimpse of what the episodes are about and taylor for behind the scenes getting this up and running thank you team we did it another year so appreciate you all so if you have found that this podcast has been beneficial to you and you want to support the podcast financially You can go to my website, prepo.com, and you can click on support the podcast, and you can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring monthly donation. Thank you so much, everybody. And I hope that whatever you're doing right now, if you're in the car, if you're at home, maybe you're sharing this podcast with somebody, that your day just kind of got a little lighter or filled up, and take the opportunity to share yourself. With people around you. And spread that love. We need that so much in the world right now. So I'm sending you my love. So that you can spread love. So I'm going to sing it again. Give me love. Give me love. Give me peace on earth. Give me life. Give me life. Keep me free from birth. Give me hope. Help me cope with this. Heavy load, trying to reach you, heart and soul. Mm-hmm. George Harrison, I love that song. Check it out in the show notes on Prepo's Podcast Songs, my playlist. Sending you love, everybody. Make yourselves a beautiful day.
0: Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on Licensed Counselor, Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.